0: Welcome to Sisterhood Meets Motherhood, the podcast where two goddesses who happen to be related by marriage discuss all things family, purpose, sisterhood, faith, spirituality, and all the other divinely messy parts of womanhood. Every other week, Kendra and Sophie unmask from all the daily roles required of the modern woman to bring you refreshing and truthful conversations that remind you that you are, in fact, never alone on the journey. Welcome to episode 12, the power of change. I think we're always going through change and transitions as much as we try to fight it and, you know, be in a space where nothing is changing. Um, But this one came up because I'm going through a lot of change right now. Kendra, Kendra's family often goes through change um, and we're just excited to dive in. So Kendra, how are you being in this moment? I'm excited. I'm excited
1: to chat ta- on this topic. I feel it's something that, um, as you'll see in the episode here, as it unfolds, my lifestyle, the last 10 years of moving overseas and different stuff has really has went from being difficult to like a blessing because it's actually helping me to be if you can hear the dog snoring, I apologize. (laughs) I have a sleeping puppy in my lap. Um, so yeah, I just feel like it's turned from something that I think I used to like struggle with changing countries and houses every nine months to something that I'm like, this is such a powerful tool in my life and my children. So I'm excited to chat on this and, um, Thankful for this moment right now. As I know, you've woke up early to be on this podcast episode with me. I'm in Spain, you're in Colorado. We're
0: really far apart, but curious how you are being in this moment. Also, grateful. I have so much resistance to change. And in my therapy practice with highly sensitive kids and highly sensitive people, it's something that comes up a lot. Like it can be a lot for the nervous system to go through change. And it's also something that we all have to face. So I'm excited to learn more today and feel more and consider how I can really orient towards accepting change and loving change instead of being in the fight. And there's so many ways that I'm in the fight against change, like trying to control or trying to micromanage. And I just have this really good feeling that um, this conversation can be healing and helpful. I agree. So I'd love to know, like, even earlier in your life before you you know, we have family of origin and then family of creation. Like, mm-hmm. how would you describe your experience of change and really transitions?
1: I think it was something that was very common for me. Um, my parents divorced when I was eight my mom ended up, we moved to a different city. So I changed. And even in that, um, my mom was very free spirited and, um, she is always in the moment and doing what's best for her children. And so we moved houses often every couple of years, actually growing up. So it was something that wasn't, um, foreign to me to be changing and moving and packing and changing schools or cities. So I had never thought of that until you just brought up that about, you know, family of origin versus choice. And so for me, that was something that was kind of common and it um, just happened. And then I met my husband in junior college and we've been together now for 16 years. And the last 10 years, he's played professional basketball in Europe, which when we met in college, I didn't know there was even such a thing as professional basketball in Europe. So um, it was just this journey that we went on and explored. And with that, the basketball season goes from August until May every year. and so like I said, this is his 10th professional year. Our first four seasons were in Spain. Then we had two in Italy, one in Montenegro, which is in the Balkans region, east of Italy, near like Croatia, and then two in France and then one now back here in Spain. And so it's been this evolution and this, um, this changing and people often are like, how do you do it? And I'm like, you just do it. Like you just pack up your stuff and you move to a new city. And when he was signing in Montenegro, I remember literally having no clue where that was. And I pulled up Google maps to look where it was. And then I looked at the climate to see what kind of clothes we needed to pack for nine months. And we went Mm -hmm. and I've really had to change my mindset and my heart on me planning everything. And I was a planner and my husband is totally a go with the flow type guy. And so I've really, um, you know, adjusted to that. And it's been really relieving for my heart too, to just go with the flow. Cause you can plan everything in your life. You can plan this and that. And when you want to have kids and what school and what job, and that's not necessarily how it's going to go. And that almost kind of sets yourself up for failure. So when you just take it day by day and week by week and wherever, I feel like wherever God's going to lead me and where I need to do work and where I need to meet people and, and share his light and my energy with the world, that's where I'm going to end up. And if that happens to be in Spain or Japan or Turkey or whatever country, um, I know that this journey we're on with his basketball career that he's worked so hard to accomplish and do it's actually so much more than just basketball. It's, it's really where we are meant to be in this moment. And so transitioning that quickly into my sons. I have three sons. And so our oldest is 11. So obviously since he was one years old, he's lived this lifestyle of every nine months, you change countries, cultures, languages, houses, bedrooms. And uh, if there was a, there was a period of time in our first couple of years doing this lifestyle overseas with basketball that I really had some mom guilt. I think I had this guilt of Well, he doesn't have the same bedroom and he doesn't have the same routine and he doesn't have, you know, he has cousins that are the exact same age of him that have lived in their same home, their same bedroom, their entire life. And I thought that was really cool that they had this structure or this like stability. And then I stopped and I changed the perspective on it. Well, Kingston gets to experience the world and cultures and things that a lot of people don't do in their entire life. And he's done and traveled to more places in his first 11 years of life than, than most get to. So as I stopped and I was actually, this will kind of transition into your change of life with the kids coming back and things too, that when you put your kids through change, just like yourself, you grow, it's uncomfortable, it's hard, but change is beautiful and needed. It's like the The typical example of the butterfly, right? Like the caterpillar evolving and changing, and it's scary and hard and weird, but then this beautiful thing comes from it. And I've really started to accept that, you know, like whatever it is, whatever change is coming my way, I feel like it's it's needed and necessary. And so that's a quick
0: snapshot on like my life and how that. Yeah, I really want to reflect back a little bit. It's like it seems like you you just have known change your entire life and you've been okay with it. And, and you haven't, maybe there's been moments of fight with it, but to be in a place of acceptance with it, to me, just feels like freedom. Yes. And I had a teacher, Tristan Bay. He's the um, founder of attunement therapy. Um, that's for another episode, but he talks about how depression is nothing to do with your external world and everything to do with how you're relating to your environment. So the environment stays the same. And it's like, are you viewing it with the lens of like, this is well and good and I accept it? Or are you viewing it with the lens of this is wrong and bad? And that's that's what links to depression or wellness. And so what I hear you saying is like, you've really chosen it. And what I do know, knowing your family is that one constant is your heart and your love and your availability to hold the boys and to create a safe home for them wherever you are and so i know that they know safety and they know home like no matter what and if anything like you being in alignment and choosing this path that you're on to support the kids and scott and all the people you meet wherever you go it's like that's even yeah that's like so i just feel so much safety in it even though one could totally judge and think like well if you have to move all the time that can't be good um but you're owning it. And it's true. I've had a lot of, um, yeah, there's pros and cons to it for sure. And I've had a lot of people that have
1: had their personal feelings on it, but I do have to say like in this moment, I have to give props to my mom because I bet viewing back when she was in that state with four young kids and changing houses and doing the best she could for us, whether, you know, paycheck to paycheck and wherever we were moving, what was best for our school and our sports and our careers. I'm sure in that moment, she questioned herself of like, Is this right? Is this, am I messing them up or am I helping them or, you know, but little does she know all of that change that she provided for us because she had that love and support for us is actually what has really transferred into all four of us kids. I have three of the most amazing brothers that are incredible husbands and fathers and just good human beings. And I know that a lot of that comes from shifting and changing and it's uncomfortable. And you don't ever want to see your children like, have to change schools. Like I changed moving into high school, which was really a big deal. And you know, that's now looking back on it, that actually shaped part of what was preparing me for my lifestyle with my husband moving forward. Little did I know. And so change is a beautiful thing, especially for children, as much as we want to try to keep them in this perfect little box.
0: And a lot of parents ask me or have anxieties around change that's coming up where we had to move again or another school. And my perspective um from the perspective of a lot of my teachers in child development has been: as long as you're supporting your child in integrating the change that they're going through and in understanding the benefits and finding their resilience, it's a great thing. Like kids need challenge, and then they get to grow through it. Just like you're saying, if we if we're not available for the emotional support that that is needed through change, that can be difficult for kids because they might feel isolated or confused in it. But if you have, if you're an available and attuned caregiver, then then your child can handle anything. Um, which brings us to what I'm experiencing at the moment. Um without sharing too many details, being a part of a blended family means that there's a lot of different people on different journeys that have different needs. And in our most recent chapter, the um the mother of my stepkids was feeling a really strong pull to spend time with um, her partner in Wisconsin. And it was this like super heart-wrenching process of her wanting to take the kids there for a short time, meaning that they would be away from me and more, and even more importantly, Kendall, their dad. But, and, and it did look like some sleepless nights of like me and my, um, you know, just being a really like a child advocate in my life. Feeling like you can't let them go. Like this isn't okay. Like, really a lot of fear of the kids losing attachment from Kendall in this process. And here we are just a few months later. And um, and the the kids and their mom are moving back to Colorado. And it's like this is okay. Like this needed to happen. Like everyone is learning and growing through it. And we're gonna manage the transition again. And everyone has the right to follow their alignment and trust in that. Um, but in this process of change, there's been a lot of intensity. There's been a lot of challenges to, to trust the process. Um, and Kendra's really helped me like in seeing that everyone gets to grow and learn through challenges like this, and then ultimately come back to just higher levels of alignment. Um, And in this most recent transition back, like getting the kids back into their life here and their 50-50 schedule um, and a school that feels good, I've noticed this, instead of just accepting that we're in a process of change with which will come intensity and growth, I've noticed a desire to wanna control details and over plan. And then in my most centered state, I'm like, no, this this is just a process of change and it's okay. And we have just a little bit of time um, before the kids land back here, and and I've been going through big emotional waves. And when I'm in meditation, the message that I'm getting is like, I am moving through the transition now, so that I can support holding space for the kids when they get here. Um, and that's the truth. It's like, like the I. And I was just saying to Kendall, like, please don't. If Leif, the little one, like, if he's if he's on a roll, like if he's going crazy one night, like, please don't get mad at him because that's his way of expressing himself. And that's, and he's going to be going through a transition and we can't be sitting here in like one moment of chaos thinking, oh my gosh, are we not good parents or the kids messed up? It's like, no, we're just about to manage a transition and we got this. And if it wasn't this, there'd be something else. Um, and the one other thing I wanted to say is just like looking at just the stories we have of how things should be. Um, So my childhood was actually opposite because my dad moved schools like seven times, like and moved a lot. And that was really difficult for him. So for his kids, he wanted to create more stability. And we actually lived in the same house from when I was two to like college. And I went to the same school from first grade to 12th grade, Um, same exact school. So much, you know. And that part of my life was really supportive. Of course I had challenges in separate areas because we all do. And I'm grateful for that. Um, But, but I can take that, that, that kind of stability that I felt and that sense of home, and then not project that onto my kids. It's like, and it's okay if my kids have changes. Yeah. But it also gives you that internal support. Like that was the
1: best way you could describe it. Like Changes are going to happen, but where you're at as a, as a partner, or as a parent to support them through that, you know, and you having that stable childhood all the way through, you know, college in the same spot, spot gives you that basis of support, but also I love that you're not like projecting that forward too. Cause that's a beautiful, way to... and what you were trying, what you were saying, like really hit hard to me too, because um, my sons are in Spanish school, like Spanish speaking school. My husband and I have always just put them in the public school where we are. Our mindset behind it is they're there for like routine to have authoritative figures to challenge them. Like they, like my oldest is a fifth grader and he doesn't speak Spanish. I mean, he's went to French school, Spanish school, Italian school. He did speak Spanish when he was younger, but it's been difficult for him. And we have hard days. We do. And it's, um, it's not easy. That's for sure. And I'll have family members or people or friends that will say like, well, it'd be easier if you find an English school. I'm like, but right now, whatever we're, the reason we're here and we feel that they need to go to this public school with normal other kids and, and explore their lives. Like the things they come out and do and say, like they have little best friends in their class. And one of my sons, they don't like one only speaks Spanish one only speaks English. Okay. And they can interact and play and hand gesture and your emotions that come off your face and your, um you know, h- how you're doing things. It's the coolest thing. Like my kids are learning to love and to communicate in ways outside of verbally. And I'm like, if that's all they learn in this chapter of life, then I'm happy with that. They'll always catch up with English school. They'll always catch up with, you know, the little language differences and barriers, but Something about that is like, I feel like we're supporting them in a beautiful way of like, is school fun? No, it wasn't fun for me either when I went to English school and I was an elementary school kid too. You know, like you have your moments, but is it hard because you're in a different language? Yes, but there's pros and cons to all of it. And it's just supporting them through it. And I love that you mentioned that.
0: And what I love about that is that you know and are aligned with your values and so you feel an integrity and then you can support the kids and challenge. And the more you're truly aligned in your values, my belief is the more resistance you might get from people around you that that feel threatened by you like truly being in your center and so Absolutely. what I love about you being truly in your center and your values is that when I bring you anything, like any decision, any process I feel so little judgment from you because you have space for it because you've chosen your center. I'm so grateful for that. Um, I have had a lot of resistance, and I will say
1: that's one thing that I'm like. But my mom and grandma both told me this, like you something about like it was like this little saying about like don't judge a person until you've walked a mile in their moccasins, and it's like it's true, like anyone can have their feelings on how I parent or what we do with our kids and what school, but no one, no one is living the life I'm living in the shoes I'm living in the bed I'm living right now. So
0: I'm okay with it too. So, Mm, so much power in that. So as we wrap up, what oil goes with this conversation? So I had to pick Tamer. Tamer is from
1: the kids' collection. It's a digestive blend. It's the oil of integration. And you might be thinking like, what does a digestive oil have to do with change? (laughs) Well, hear me out. Um, This is from the Essential Emotions book. And you guys know that I I lead a community of essential oil, friends and family. And I have done this for over 10 years. And the emotional side is always really tied um, deep into my soul. So from this book, it says Tamer helps individuals integrate their thoughts, feelings, and experiences. The human digestive system is a complex and beautiful system meant to break down and absorb everything an individual is taking into their body. However, due to our gut-brain connection, if an individual is struggling to assimilate feelings, they will often manifest in your digestive distress. So there's so much to that, that, you know, maybe it's not just more about eating food, but really what you're emotionally feeling. Maybe you've had butterflies in your stomach or different things. So Tamer invites individuals to see their symptoms as potential messengers of underlying emotional unease and take an opportunity to reassess. Tamer offers reprieve when individuals have been absorbing the emotions of others and are unsure of their personal responsibility in managing their own feelings versus the feelings of those around them. And this blend asks them to focus on tending to their own feelings and well-being. It reminds them to trust their instincts and have confidence to choose what's best in their life. I have recommended this to so many mothers who tell me like, you know, like my kids, they're active in sports. They're doing great in school, but every day they have a tummy ache, but it's not their It's not what they're eating. It's not different things. And I'm like, it's their emotions. Like it's hands down. And so Tamer has been such a beautiful blend. It's a blend of spearmint, Japanese peppermint, ginger, parsley seed, and black pepper. And it, like I said, it's from the kids collection, but keep in mind that's for everyone. And we all use all oils full circle, but um, this blend is powerful. So keep that into mind when you're going into change and You're in an environment of change that feels uncomfortable because of course it's not going to be easy, but you're going to find so much beauty out of that too. So utilizing your oils to support you through that time, just like you're supporting your kids. Many times I've put this tamer on, on the boy's tummy or the bottom of their feet on their reflexology points and supported them energetically and through prayer with whatever change they're going through or whatever they're struggling with. And it's really helped me as well. So tamer.
0: (laughs) there's so much I could offer around change. Like, of course, as a therapist, people are working through transitions all the time. And part of me wants to share about the emotional process or the need to give yourself space for integration and like really, yeah, integrating what you're leaving and what you're moving towards. And that's really best done through like rest and stillness and just being, instead of being in the mind or Another part of me wants to talk about the grief that comes with change. So those are all things for future episodes. I just want to keep this one actually super simple. Um, I, I, was, I have a consultant or a mentor, a teacher. Her name's Kathy. She's been in the child therapy field for a long, long time. And she was my first supervisor as a play therapist, but I still meet with her every month. And I bring her a list of the clients that I'm working with. And I ask her like, well, how can I help them more? And Um, there was a mom of, she had like, just like your mom, she had four under four and um, she was like really overwhelmed and stressed. And I was asking Kathy, like, how can I support her in it? And she was like, it's the simple things. It's like, it's like knowing this will pass. And also knowing that when this mother changes from one activity to the next, like she gets to give herself little rewards. It's like, if I do, if I like get all the kids, like, breakfast, I'm going to make myself a yummy coffee and I'm going to, I'm going to like sit and sip it. And so I wonder how we can bring out the inner children in us that just want a little reward every now and then. And, and I've been using this more and more with my new um, espresso machine, able to make lattes at home. I'm like, if I get this done and that done, like I'm going to go make a yummy drink and actually enjoy it. And then of course you can weave this in for your kids. Like just giving them support and validation around transitions. They're hard, like giving the transition space, expecting them, even the transition from playing to bath, like that's not easy. And so we get to give our kids tools and little rewards and spaciousness and graciousness um, in the little and big transitions. So, so yeah.
1: no, matter, no matter how old you are, you always would like a pat on the back and someone mm-hmm. to tell you to be proud of you. I grew up with the most incredible grandma and grandma, Mm -hmm. Pat, no matter when you get off the phone with her or you leave a conversation with her, she will always tell you she's proud of you. And it's like, it's a little thing that I will always remember that it like makes me tear up. But at the end of the day, like, even if no one else is telling you that you get to tell yourself that you get to pat yourself on the back that you made it through that hard change that day or that, you know, change of job or relationship or you know, move or whatever you're going through, like give yourself a pat on the back and reward yourself and tell yourself you're proud of yourself because change is not easy, but there can be so much power in it when you really, really grasp it fully.
0: Yeah. So as we look towards the next week and consider how we can lead with our hearts even more, I think for me, I'm going to channel my inner grandma, Pat. We could do a whole episode on grandma, Pat. She is the best. <laughs> But Grandma Pat like truly loves unconditionally and like and just offers so much validation and acceptance around change. And so yeah, I'm gonna offer I'm
1: that. gonna join
0: you in that. Like that's a beautiful way to move forward this week because
1: um grandma Pat does have she exudes this energy and this non-judgmental love and just like she is a powerful, mighty but powerful <laughs> um 92-year-old that really just loves life and, and is so good to everyone. And so I'm gonna walk forward this week as well. Let's let's put forward grandma Pat vibes. And a lot of you listening are family or friends, and you know Grandma Pat. And she is she's historical. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I have to tell you too, she's been supporting us so much in this big transition and hard times in the transition with the kids we should be supporting her you know like we've, we were visiting her in the nursing home that she's in but she like really really holds us all and when we saw her last weekend and told her that the kids are coming back she burst into tears and said my prayers are answered <laughs> like so sweet she's been praying and I was oh. just like so sweet to be held in that yeah you feel it too so
1: yeah well, on a, and funny, on a funny note, if you know grandma pat she does have all of her prayers every day and she's a very devout catholic but she also um when Scott and I reconciled our marriage and I told her she was also ecstatic and very happy. And <laughs> the response I got was that her aunt her prayers were answered. And she was praying to Saint Jude, the patron of hopeless cases. So <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: hilarious. She let you know That is so
1: serious and <laughs> so much yeah. love. And so if you guys know Grandma Pat, I hope that you're getting the giggle up. She is a mighty little
0: old lady that has the big there's some (laughs) funny ones we could tell too. Okay. Well more soon. Bye for now. Thank you so much and have a great day wherever you are. Yes. Until next time. Thanks
1: guys.